Welcome to the Saucy Stat Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, alongside my co-host, Brandon. And today, we provide you with another update on the offseason. Brandon, the transfer portal, it's officially closed. What are your thoughts? Uh, it is closed to enter, not closed to transfer yet. There are a few names still out there able to transfer because they put their name in before the deadline. But, yeah, um, the transfer portal wasn't what I expected it to be. It seemed a little bit calmer this year than last year. But also, some teams didn't take as big of a swing as I thought they would. Um, what I mean, are your biggest surprises team-wise? Uh for teams that took a big swing, Indiana, but they needed a big swing, but I'm kind yeah. of surprised at the direction they went. West Virginia was a team that surprised me with how much they got. And uh, well, I got to say old Miss for Chris Beard. They just got CCA this week from Oklahoma State. That made me really, really happy. But then, like, on the flip side, teams that didn't make that big of a move, like Penn State, they got a lot in numbers, but it doesn't look like it'll be a good team. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think that Penn State this year is going to resemble LSU like last year because LSU got a lot in the portal last year as well. Uh, they were okay, but they weren't great. Uh, and that's Penn State this year. They didn't get any really, really, really talented players. Um you can make the argument that Ace Baldwin might be that guy um, from VCU, but also he he was good last year, but he played in the A10, and the A10 was not good. Yeah. Um, another team that I thought would have done a little bit more was Villanova. Um, they very much dropped the ball, um, in my eyes, that is. They had a lot to be desired, but... Um, then also the last team that just did not do it is Oregon, the Ducks <laughs> under Dana Altman. So, I mean, that's three teams that I think have done a lot and three teams that have done nothing uh, sure. compared to what I thought they would be at. Granted, I did know that Indiana did need to make some big moves, but I was not expecting the moves that they made. Especially, yeah, with, with their big guys they're bringing in, including Khalil Ware. <laughs> Anytime you can mention Khalil Ware, you're going to be a happy camper. He's a good player, man. He's a good player. Yeah. How about you? What what teams hit? What teams miss for you? I'll so give far? just a couple more to add on to that. Um, one team that I think hit more so than I thought they would Honestly, I, I got to say Kansas. Uh, I know that there's high expectations for this team always. Um, and so it's no surprise to see them getting the quality that they did. Um, but it's still a, a tough market in the transfer portal. I didn't think that they would pull Dickinson. Was That's that's the key factor that makes me add, add into this list is because Hunter Dickinson chose Kansas of all his options to go play at. Probably one of the more crowded places to play at, uh, but they needed his position. I think that was a really, really, really powerful move for Kansas and one that will 
prevent them from being a three or a four seed this year in March and instead make them again, a consideration for a one seed. So I, I was satisfied with that move on the portal. Um, one team I did not think did enough was Texas tech. Uh, first year coach Grant McCasland uh, coming in to replace Mark Adams. They have four transfer players right now, uh, but only one of which is a four-star transfer, according to 247, and that is Darian Williams from Nevada. That's a nice move, uh, but outside of that, there's not really a whole lot they're bringing in. They're losing Bacho from last year, losing Tyson from last year. Uh, there's just a lot going out for Texas Tech and not enough coming in. I would hope that Grant McCaslin, being the coach that he is, he would have attracted some better players uh, and some more quality players to, you know, a big 12 school. You're playing in the best conference in the country. I think there was more that could have been done there that I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see it with McCaslin's first year. Uh, I think it's going to be a couple of years before he really gets, gets his footing. And then I guess one more team that I think really hit it on the nose. Uh, well, I want to say Ole Miss for this one, um, but I can't. You just said him. So I'm going to go to my next best option, and I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say St. John's. Mr. Rick Pitino doing his job out east. They have seven commits coming in. Uh, granted, they're, I think they have at least seven or eight people leaving uh, St. John's as well, but they are pulling some quality names, too, in the portal. Uh, they, they pulled uh, Ijo Four from Kansas. Uh, he didn't play a lot last year, uh, but again, high quality transfer. Uh, a couple of Patino's old players from Iona are following him to St. John's, uh, including Dennis Jenkins, four-star transfer portal recruit. Uh, so while St. John's is losing a lot, um, they're bringing in a lot of good names uh, to get this team set uh, in the Big East. And I, I think that they will... Not win the Big East by any means, but they'll certainly be a force to be reckoned with uh, because of their work. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, one question about the Texas Tech. Yeah. Do you think McCaslin didn't get as many as he could have because he got hired later than some other coaches? Because... North Texas was playing until April. They were final four. They were championship game of the NIT. So do you think that played a key factor that he missed a couple weeks compared to other coaches through two, three weeks? Honestly, I don't. Um, I, I get why that would be a factor, but I don't think that that really set them back. Uh, because a lot of these players didn't even enter the portal until April. Uh, a lot of these players didn't even choose where they wanted to go until later in the month. Uh, and in fact, now there's still plenty of players that are still out there to be claimed. So I think that maybe it, it eliminated a few of the really early guys, but I think that a lot of those early transfers who picked their school right away already had this figured out before they even entered the portal. I think those guys, you know, I know I'm going to this school, so I'm going to enter the portal and commit to them right away. Uh, the ones that hung around for longer truly were still trying to decide. Like Hunter Dickinson, for example. Uh, he didn't know what he wanted to do right away. Uh, and I think that 
McCaslin was definitely still in the running for those types of players. Yeah. I, I just feel like he was trying to put together a team that he didn't want to put too many eggs in one basket. He wanted to be able to give full team. He didn't want to be like Thad Mata this past year where it's like, okay, I got seven players that can play tonight. Let's hope for the best. Um, I mean, they have four players coming in, which isn't bad, uh, but just not a whole lot of really good talent. So I think that honestly, it's going to be a really tough year for Texas Tech next year, just because of the conference they play in. I think McCaslin's a good coach. I like the hire, but it's going to take a year or two of strong recruiting, recruiting slash transfer portal grabs for this team to really see progress. Yeah, I mean, in the past three years, they've, or yeah, past three years, they've fired two of their coaches. Or, well, one coach left, one got fired. So this program is now going to be in a completely different direction because you had Mark Adams continuing on what Chris Beard started, but still, Mark Adams wasn't Chris Beard. But now you have McCaslin coming in, and it's not going to be Mark Adams. It's not going to be Chris Beard. It's going to be completely different. So I totally agree with you. It's going to be a couple of years for Texas Tech to make it back. But I'm going to still cheer for him next year. Oh, of course, as will I. Uh, but yeah, so next thing that's coming up, the next yeah. key date is all the draft stuff. Which we will talk about a little bit. Neither of us are big NBA guys, but there's implications on college players here. Right. So the lottery is tomorrow night. Uh, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio all share a 14% chance of getting the first pick. Charlotte, 12.5. Portland, 10.5. Orlando, 9. Indiana, 6.8. Washington, 6.7. Dallas, 4.5. And then there's a few teams under that. But there are a lot of players going to the combine that also starts this week. And some of them are like Trey Alexander, Amari Bailey, Zach Eady, Adam Bona, Anthony Black. All these guys that are like, they could come back, theoretically. They Some of them specifically said they were not waiving their eligibility. But this allows them to try out at the Combine with guys like um, Scoot Henderson, huge G League name, uh, G League at night. But who do you think is going to pull their name from the draft list? Pull their name from the draft list? Well... I know that you're going to like these first two I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, and I'm only saying them in a row because of alphabetical order. Uh, but Ryan Kalkbrenner, and Arthur Kaluma, um, right next to each other in the alphabet. Uh, I think both those guys are going to come back to Creighton for another year. Um, I think both could get into the NBA. I don't think that either of them are really top tier for the draft. So I think that they will head back to Creighton for another year. It's not a bad spot to be. Uh, They've been on the upswing in basketball. So I think that Creighton will get those two back, even though Kaluma 
is in the draft in the portal. I think that he will ultimately go back to Creighton um, just because of how good that they have it there. As for other guys who might pull their name, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the big name here literally uh, and say Zach Eady. Eady is an excellent, excellent player in college. He just doesn't quite have the athleticism to be that type of guy in the NBA. I think that he needs to, you need to be more athletic, if you will, more agile. Uh, and yes, ED has good coordination. He's just not fast. Uh, and he's going to get burned in the NBA. They're going to, uh, <clears throat> he's going to get burned by players that are seven, one, seven, two, and a lot more agile than him. Cause it's almost the same height. So, Look for Edie to come back to Purdue for another year uh, and just be an all-star there, uh, make a lot of NIL money. Um, so those are my three that I would say are going to for sure come back. Uh, are there any guys that you see that might pull a name? Uh, I agree with Kalkbrenner and Kaluma, although Kaluma I think is in the portal as well. So I yep. think that's a key indicator that he'll come back, but I don't think he'll go back to Creighton, but he'll come back to college. Um, another name like that is Grant Nelson. He's in the portal. Uh, Julian Phillips, he's in the portal. Both of them are at the combine. I think they'll both pull their names. Um, I'm pretty sure Walsh, yeah, Jordan Walsh is going from Arkansas. I think yep. he'll pull back because... Oh, I so hope he pulls back because a couple weeks ago I was talking about him being the glue for Arkansas um, throughout all their chaos. Uh, I guess that's the best word to use for it. So um, I think he'll pull back. I, I don't really know who else would pull back because like some of these guys don't have any eligibility. I think Sonogo could pull back, but also UConn just won the national championship. So I think that boosts all the UConn guys. So it's like, yeah, I think they're safely going to go. I agree. There's so many names. Uh, Coleman Hawkins is another guy, Illinois. I think he'll... Pull back. I, I seriously don't see all six UCLA guys going. Yeah, I don't know who would pull back out of the six because it won't be Jaime Jaquez. I don't think it would be Campbell, but... I think it would be Bona. Yeah, I, I was leaning Bona, but if you look at all the projections and stuff... There's a lot of big men going, showing a demand for big men. Yeah, but Bowen is not going to be at the top of the big men list either. So once all the good ones go. But here's the thing about the NBA. They've been going a lot smaller. But with Victor Wimbenyama, who is, I'm pretty sure, 7'5", and going to be the for sure lock at number one, with Giannis, with Jokic, with Embiid, you need more depth at the big man because the big men are running the NBA right now. Yep. 
because there, there's not enough of them. So I think the pure demand for big men will leave Bona in the draft because his stock will be higher than it will be any other year of his career. That's why I wasn't wanting to say him, but it's really tough to not say him because he's the sixth guy. That is true. Of that group. Yeah. And like you said, big men do make a pretty big difference in the NBA. Now, Um, if you have a big man that can shoot, that's what they're looking for in the NBA right now. So anywhere they can get it, they'll probably draft as many as they can um, and then weed through them. Yep. That sounds about right. So, uh, yeah. Next week we'll have a lot more information because we'll actually know who's going, who's staying, who's doing what in regards yeah. to the NBA. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you uh, – Keep my interest again there. I had not heard Victor Wembanyama's name in a while, but I forgot that he's going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about him ever on this show. I know no, we've talked about him to each other, but 19 years old. He, is he 6'2"? I thought he was like... He's like not 6'2". He, it's listed here on Google because I quick Googled him as seven, two, but I think he's seven, four, seven, five. Yeah. I think he's taller than that, but he has handles. Unlike any big men that I've ever seen any film on. Um, He's from France. For those who don't know, he is from France. He's coming over. He's going to be a, the top draft pick because He's getting compared to Giannis. He's getting compared to LeBron. He's a freak of nature, uh, even better than any other unicorn that people have seen. But he has a nice shot from three, insane dribbles, but he kind of has a Chet Holmgren frame where he's skinny and light. I was just thinking about that. He looks very wiry. Um and I'm sure he's a bit heavier than Chet because it's hard to be lighter than Chet. Uh, I, yeah, he. I think that durability would be a question as someone like that uh, long term in the NBA. Yeah. So, even though his talent might be really, really high, uh, and it sounds like he has really, really good ball handling skills for someone of that size, uh, I think that you have to think about that long term effect of him playing basketball and the the increased opportunity for injury at at that height and weight. Yeah. I seriously think he's going to have to play the power forward more than the center position. Because if you look at Jokic, uh, I've looked at some film of Victor Wimbenyama just because like he's been compared to LeBron coming out of high school. Like Mm -hmm. he's one of those absolutely elite player. So it's like, I've seen film, but if you get a guy like Jokic, Jokic's size, Jokic's ability, and I've seen film of guys like that, they just back him down and dunk on him. There's nothing that Victor Wembenyama can do. So I think he's going to have to play the four more than the five, which at seven, five, you really want to be having them play the five. Yeah, because of their blocking ability. I don't know what he weighs either. 
uh, Wemanyama, that is. I, he probably weighs 225 or so. Jokic is close to 300 pounds. So there's no way he's going to stop Nikola Jokic from imposing his will. 230. So, 230? Okay. So good guess by me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know the those uh, tall people weight based on their looks. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's almost a foot taller than I am. Almost. I, he's well over a foot taller than me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so these NBA teams are going to get, or whoever gets the number one pick, it's been clear consensus that Victor Wembenyama is going to be number one. Then it's between Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller from Alabama. Yep. Which, if Brandon Miller goes two for Alabama, does that mean that more top-end talent will be trying to go to Alabama? I don't think that this year will be the year for that that talent to flow into Alabama. I think that next year, though, there's going to be a a bigger void uh, in that program. And obviously, Nate Oates is, is the recruiter he is, so... I think that Alabama is going to have a bit of a, a step down this year, uh, but next year, I think that they will they surge back into that that top tier SEC form that they were in this last year. I mean, that's fair. But what so do you think? You, I, I don't see Alabama absolutely running the show in any way, shape, or form with their decrease in talent, but I see a lot of commits starting to look towards Alabama more. Uh, and I think Alabama will have a top five incoming freshman class uh, recruited throughout this next year. Um, I think Nate Oates is going to have a lot easier ability to get high-end players due to Alabama being seen as a place that you could go to the NBA from. Um, yep. As a Badger fan, we Wisconsin has always been that school where it's like, if you're talented from the Midwest, you aren't going to Wisconsin because that's a four-year type player. They aren't a one-and-done type school. But you look at Kentucky, and I am legitimately naming a guy that – or talking about a guy who committed to Wisconsin – decommitted so that way he could go to Kentucky and be a one and done. He now plays for the Miami Heat. So I think Alabama having the ability to get some of these Southern kids uh, from that area to be one and done type players will raise the level of talent at Alabama and make them a regular top one, two or three seed in March Madnesses in the future especially if Brandon Miller goes to, if he slides down to like six, which won't happen, then it will really raise some questions about their ability to produce NBA talent. Yeah. I think you make a great point there. Uh, Comparing it to Wisconsin too. It is a one and done type school and a Wisconsin type school is, yeah, it's very much different. Um, The type of players that you're going to get, so I I do think that if Miller goes top three, let's say, 
Um, you know, I'm trying to think who else would be in the draft from Alabama. Because um, it's not just Miller. Uh, wait, Noah Clowney is currently going to be at the Combine as well. So if, if Clowney can go in the draft as well, uh, and then Miller, obviously. Uh, I don't see any reason why, yeah, they can't keep attracting those type of recruits. Because um, Miller himself was obviously a very prized recruit this last year. So I think that Alabama really did the right thing uh, extending NATO's contract too. Oh, yeah, that was absolutely brilliant on their part. Yep. But getting back to your point, Noah Clown, yeah, Noah Clownley is slated in mock drafts around 15, 16, 17, 18 range. Yep. So two first rounders from Alabama would be a really good look for the program. Yeah. Yeah. Right there with Arkansas. Yeah. They're. To be- top of the line SEC in terms of getting players to the NBA, which yeah. is what they want. That is going to start becoming an insane rivalry. Arkansas, Alabama. Whew. Yes. Nate Alabama. Oates, Eric Musselman. Oh my gosh. You're going to get me riled two. up here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> oh. I'm getting chills saying here yeah. because this is going to be so much fun over the next oh, yeah. five years watching Both these two programs, programs. Excellent programs, excellent coaches, excellent atmospheres to play in. Yep. I can't wait for Chris Beard to overshadow both of them. <laughs> I had to say that. Chris Beard is going to dip from Ole Miss before he gets that good. I thought you were saying that he would be creating powerhouse at Ole Miss a few weeks ago. Yes, he's not going to overshadow Nate Oates and Eric Musselman at Ole Miss, though. He's going to be good. I think he'll stay there. But if he were to somehow get that much better than both these other two elite programs, that would make him far and away. That would be like UConn women's basketball if he was that good. I, I think Chris Beard could do it. He's not going to get 11 national titles ever. He might get like two. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I'm going to say four. Four? Four. How old is Chris Beard? Like 51, 52? No, he's not that old. Well, he might be. <laughs> I think he is because that old. His I think oldest I'm... daughter is our age. Yeah, he's 50 years old. Yeah. I don't know how old Coach K... Well, Coach K was in his early 30s when he first got to Duke. And he coached for about 40 years there. He won five titles, one every eight. I would say Chris Beard, probably two to three titles, if you want an honest answer from me. If you want a psycho answer for me, I got to go with like six. Well, you know a lot more about being psycho than I do. so I I am not psycho, uh, (laughs) but there's a good chance that I know more about it than you. But that's besides the point. Uh, (laughs) Gosh, took us 28 minutes to get sidetracked, but 
Yeah, Don't I worry. think two, two or three is reasonable. Dude, I gotta worry. <laughs> uh, of course you do. Ah. Uh, Oh, we have so many side conversations going on throughout our weeks. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, that just reminded me. Speaking of psycho crazy side conversations, Duke, are they the next North Carolina? Do, are they they're the retaining, next North Carolina? They're retaining a lot of guys because they just got another one retained today. Yeah. Well, why don't you announce the name? Was it Roach? I'm pretty sure it was Roach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's already a sophomore. He'll be a junior now. Proctor uh, also commit that he's staying. Filipowski was the first one to say that he was staying. Yep. But yeah, Roach was the one today. Yeah. So you have Roach, Proctor, and Filipowski coming back. Three starters. Yep. Uh, Is Mark Mitchell coming back? I know... Whitehead and Lively are going to the draft, even though they did, they did basically nothing all year. Yeah, I don't know for sure. But Duke is kind of becoming the consensus number one going into next season. Yeah, retaining. I mean, when you say when you say Duke turning into North Carolina, that can mean a lot of things because they're very close to each other geographically. They historically have a lot of championships. They have a very even split rivalry. So I would say that they already really are like the same thing. It's well, just, yeah, duh. Yeah. I'm talking about this past year, North Carolina. Is this past year, North Carolina, going to be next year's Duke? Well, I think so. there's a lot of similarities. So. They're going to get so. this overhyped train just rolling right through the station. Well, also, Shire really hasn't done anything as a coach other than I just mean, get a bunch of recruits by saying that it's Duke. To be honest with you. First uh, time appearance from the coach in Marsh Bendis the year prior. Just dropping that subtlety. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's a lot of similarities. I don't think that Duke will miss March this year. Uh, I think that they are simply too good for that, too talented for that. But in terms of Duke sliding, I could see them sliding all the way down to an 8-9 seed. That wouldn't surprise me. That makes me so happy to hear. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell because you have your North Carolina bubblegum blue shirt on. (laughs) I'm not really a North Carolina fan, but I prefer them over Duke. I had to make that comment because you just mentioned North Carolina. I was like, hey, he has North Carolina colors on. I, I really do have North Carolina colors on. Like, this is perfect. Yeah. North yeah, Carolina exactly. blue. It's very fitting. Oh, I also gosh. don't really care for Duke either. Um, you had to respect Coach K, but I don't think that this year's Duke team is anything special. They're going to get overhyped for sure. I think that if I were to make a preseason bracketology as honest as possible, I'd probably have Duke at like a five seed again, maybe a four. I love it. Where would um, you put him? I think you would be crazy to not put him at two. And 
make sure that overhype get that bird stuffed you need that big fat bird for thanksgiving day to the slaughterhouse <laughs> i mean you gotta fan that pig i mean say one thing think another yep Jeez. Um, but yeah, I think theoretically, yeah, eight seed would, sounds very, very nice. Like, very nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I know you would happen? like that. Yeah, I would very much like it. I think my preseason bracketology this past year, I put Duke as an eight seed. Of course, you did. But the only problem with saying all of this is the ACC is going to be garbage next year. That is facts. I hate to say it, but they really don't look good. Over or under for ACC teams in March next year at 3.5? Over. Which four are you choosing? I, I'll pull up a list. I don't see any way in which the committee denies four ACC teams, at least four ACC teams, a spot. Okay. Then- Just because of what the ACC holds traditionally as a con- as a, a tournament conference and, and the, the legacy there. So to answer your question, I think Duke is in. I think North Carolina is in. And then I'm going to go with Miami and Virginia. Miami without Isaiah Wan. Pack is coming back, though, isn't he? Yeah, but how much yeah. did Pack really help him? It's enough. To what Isaiah Wan did. They're not going to be a Final Four team this year, but I think that Miami's got enough in the tank to at least be like a 10 seed. And that yeah. I would say better, a lot better than a 10 seed. And then okay. Virginia, uh, they got enough coming in in the portal. Um, they're not going to be as good as they were this year. They'll probably lose first round again, but I would put Virginia around a, a six seed right now. You're just saying that because you like Rody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh Okay, could they have five? Or are you maxing them at four? Could they have five? Well, I think that they could have five. I'll give you a couple of prospective teams that I think could do it. Of the teams in the ACC that they could make the tournament, NC State, I think could do it. I know you mentioned them in some of our shorter videos. Find us on Instagram if you want to watch those. Um, otherwise, I don't think Clemson or Pitt will be there. They were good last year. I don't think that they will be there. Uh, I think NC State could. I think that Wake Forest or Syracuse could also have a magical run and make the tournament. Either of those two. I know that Syracuse has gotten a few nice transfers under first-year head coach Adrian Autry. Uh, and Wake Forest, uh, C. Forbes, I really like as a coach. I think that both of those teams... If everything goes right, 
they would make it. What are your thoughts? I don't think ACC will get more than four bids because Boston College isn't going to do it. Yeah, no. Clemson, not a chance. Their best player coming back is Chase Hunter at 13.8 points per game, um, which is their second leading scorer. But, oh, crap, I'm going to sneeze. We'll pause for a moment there as Brandon sneezes. Oh, my gosh. Um, So Clemson's a no. Duke, yes, because they'll probably win the ACC. Florida State, no. Yeah, no. Georgia Tech, definitely no. Uh, I still don't like that hire that they did. I'm going to mention it every time I mention Georgia Tech. Louisville, I still, I said, what was it, three weeks ago? I don't think that they'll be more than a 10-win team. So that's a hard no. Um, Miami, (sighs) Nigel Pack should come back, and Matthew Cleveland. But, I mean, they lost one at 16.2 points per game, Miller at 15.4 points per game. Mm. Jim, for their coach, doesn't have the best track record for consistency making March season after season. Because here, I'll start from 1999. The years that he's made the tournament since 1999 was that season, 2001, 2006, 2008, 2011, 2013, 2016, 17, 18, 2022, 2023. So if history is like repeating itself, he could make it again and make the round of 64-ish, have a down season, but I think he's going to miss it. Yeah, I'm saying that as I like Miami. I've been supporting this team. Yep. Ah, North Carolina will make it. So that makes two, like you said, because those two stand out because Baycott and Filipowski will basically run the uh, ACC. NC State, I am going to put in at this moment. I am just going to put them in. Because they are not, there are going to be three teams in from the ACC, and I think NC State will be third on the list based on how bad this is. Notre Dame, Micah Shrewsbury, that's another team that did way less than I thought they would in the transfer portal. I thought Shrewsbury would get a lot of big names. I really thought you you going into his mindset, right? You were in his mindset? Yes. Getting that high-octane offense – I thought that sounded like it would happen. I thought you would have more correct than me, but I guess I am just that much better at getting a coach's mindset. Um. Okay, okay. I didn't know that Shrewsbury beat us terrible in the portal, honestly. He really threw me for a loop there. He, he came from Penn State. What did you expect? 
It'll take a few years. <laughs> I I had to. I had to. Dude. Left it wide open. Uh, Pitt, no. I think it'll be Jeff's last year as coach for Pitt. Right? Yeah. Jeff mm, Capel. Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel. Yeah. Pitt. Yeah. yeah Jeff. Yes. Uh, I think it'll be his last year. I think this year was, he was already on the hot seat. And he did really well this year, but I think yeah. next year it's just going to be a bigger flop than expected, and it'll be like, okay, you can perform when the pressure pressure is there. Are we going to have to apply pressure constantly? No, we aren't that type of a school. So peace out. Um, Syracuse first year head coach, not much returning. There are no Virginia as much as I want to say yes. I don't see them return to March. I they're going to be a bubble team. I think they're NIT bound though. Just based on how bad I think Pitt, Notre Dame, Louisville, Georgia Tech, and Florida State and Boston College will be, I think it'll drag down the bottom way more than Duke can drag up the top because I don't think Duke will lose a single conference game. At the moment. Interesting. Fatten that pig. Really, really interesting. <laughs> uh, and then you get to Virginia Tech and Wake Forest, and those just sound like two bubble teams that are in the conversation strictly because they're in the ACC. <laughs> I did put NC State in. Yes, I did put I, NC I do State like in. That. I do like that. <laughs> So you have Duke, North Carolina, and NC State all in? Yep. Uh, three North Carolina schools. The Holy Trinity of basketball in North Carolina right there. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So uh, we will see how that pans out um, as the offseason continues to see if those rosters really fill out the way we expect them to. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough year for the ACC. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. Uh, there's no denying that. COVID basically took out the ACC. Yeah, literally it did. So so that's all I got for you. Anything else? Oh, I got so much more. Oh, buckle up. No, just kidding. Uh, we love you guys. We thank you guys for still listening to us. Um, next week... We're back still, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. And then I think then the after that, after it'll start becoming like every other week until we do once a month until yep. we hit our preseasons. That's correct. So we're going to start slowing them down, but we're going to be really active all summer on our Instagram. Yep. We are going to have a great time on our Instagram. So be on our Instagram. We are also sharing them on our Facebook because they are linked so it is super easy that just post on Facebook. I don't know how they look on Facebook, but they're there apparently. Uh, my mama says they're good. <laughs> and if my mama says they're good, they're good. Yeah, exactly. She, she definitely wouldn't be the type to make me feel good. No, just kidding. She definitely would, but uh, I love you, mom. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, but 
Yeah, check us out on social medias because we're going to be super active there, even though we're starting to wind down because we are talking about psychos for random minutes throughout the these off-season podcasts. Yeah. But we will be back in the fall with our pre-seasons, and we're going to do some fun stuff. Yep. Because – We've been having some fun with some of these videos, so we'll make our preseasons extra fun for you guys. We'll yeah, come up with exactly. something. We're going golfing, and we're going to talk about recruits while we're golfing, and that'll be what you get experience all summer long. But yeah. we thank you for watching, and that's all for me tonight. Yep. Yeah, that's about all right there. So we are the Saucy Staff Bros Podcast. We appreciate your time. And we will see you all on our next episode. Until then, peace out.